Welcome to Mott 10 Sports in this March 16th, 2023 episode. It's here, guys. The 2023 NCAA Tournament Open Round starts today. The first round of the NCAA Tournament starts today. It's officially the best four days in sports. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, college basketball, all day, every day, season on the brink, living and dying with every play. It is the best four days in sports. Some may call me crazy. Some may call the Masters. I don't know. But it, to me, this is it. I'm fired up. If you cannot tell in my voice, I'm going to preview every SEC team's first round matchup. I'm also going to rank the SEC teams in order of who I trust the most in the NCAA tournament and the ceilings and floors for each team. Don't forget, though, we also have SEC baseball opening up conference play starting tonight with two series uh, and then going through the weekend. We'll preview all the action. But first things first, as you saw on Tuesday night, Mississippi State lost in the play-in game to Pittsburgh. Great first year for Chris Jans and his Bulldog team, but they just cooled off in the second half from the fielding and just could not give Pitt the knockout blow. Uh, had a chance Had a chance at the end. Some people didn't like the play call, but hey, they, they were packing in the paint um, that Pitt, Pittsburgh was doing. They were stuffing everything in the paint. They knew they, they thought the ball was going to Tolu Smith, just like most people did. But schemed up to play for Shaquille Moore. Had a wide open three. Couldn't have asked for a better shot. Some people are going to be like, well, you, you're the worst three-point shooting team in the country. Why would you shoot a three when you were only down one? It was an open shot. You, you got to make it. Also had a chance on the tip in. Didn't go in. I didn't think Mississippi State really played that bad. They shot well in the first half and kind of came back to uh, reality, to back to their average in the second half. Just could never put that kill shot knockout blow. And again, speaking of kill shot, which is kind of, it goes on, it kind of measures, it's a metric that determines how many 10-0 runs you really go. They call that a kill shot. If you go on 10-0 runs, Mississippi State's one of the worst in the country It does that. They just really couldn't put them away. I thought at times they had pit on the ropes a little bit, but just could never extend that to a double-digit pit state around. Credit to them. Got a win against a scrappy Mississippi State team, but Chris Jans really uh, laid a foundation for uh, his tenure at Mississippi State. I know a lot of coaches have made the tournament, especially across state. Kermit Davis did and ultimately got fired. But like Chris Jan says, it's not about building a program. It's about building a team in today's age in college basketball. So I'm sure he is in portal stage right now trying to get some offensive playmakers um, to help his Mississippi State team heading into the 23-24 season. But great season for Mississippi State. But we have six SEC matchups starting today. Uh, with Kentucky being the only team to play their game against Providence on Friday. But we got leading off at 12.40 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone, the 7-seed Missouri Tigers take on the 10-seed Utah State on TNT. Um, we'll preview that matchup in a minute. Also, at 1.45 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone, we got the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Who won the 16 play-in game against Southeast Missouri State on Tuesday night? That game's on CBS in Birmingham. We got the 8-9 matchup of, I think this is one of the better matchups in the entire first round. We got 8-9 matchup Arkansas against the 9-seed Illinois in Des Moines at 3.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on TBS. And then I got another favorite, one in Birmingham, 8-seed Iowa, taking on 9-seed Auburn at 5.50 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on TNT. Tennessee, a four seed. A lot of people like this as a potential upset. I don't. We'll preview that in a minute. But they play 13 seed Louisiana out of the Sun Belt at 8.40 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on CBS. And then the last one, an 8.55 tip, Texas A&M, the seven seed, taking on a hot Penn State team right now on TBS. 
Um, I do like the SEC's overall matchups. Friday, Kentucky, the lone SEC team, the six-seed Kentucky Wildcats, taking on the Providence Friars out of the Big East at 6.10 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on CBS. But let's get into the matchups. Going by, so we're going in order of seed. The number one Alabama Crimson Tide takes on the 16-seed Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders. Alabama is favored currently by 24. Corpus Christi, the Islanders, just a small unit. The average height of them is 6'3", which is crazy. Great size for an Alabama team, or great sign for an Alabama team that sports a front court of three players at least 6'9". Alabama will have a massive size advantage, a lot of second-chance opportunities if they're not shooting well. Corpus Christi, though, to be fair to them, the number, number one in offensive and defensive efficiency in the Southland Conference. Steve Lutz is a Greg Dermott, McDermott disciple who spent time with him at Creighton before heading to Corpus Christi. Obviously, we're not going to get into this too much. Alabama should win this game. Uh, Corpus Christi, a pesky team. That was a fun game the other night when they were playing SEMO, if you were watching the 16-seed playing game in Dayton. I like tech, I like Alabama, obviously, in this one to advance. Uh, games in Birmingham should be a great atmosphere there in Birmingham, but the tide advances, in my opinion. Heading on the four seed Tennessee, taking on the 13 seed Louisiana. Like I mentioned, a lot of people like this upset. Tennessee is currently favored in Vegas right now by 11 and a half. Tennessee one in six versus top 25 offenses and defensive rebounding teams. Um, everyone else, Tennessee is 22 and four. So if you're a top 25 offensive and defensive rebounding team, you can give Tennessee some trouble. They're one in six against them. If you're not, if you're not a great rebounding team, Tennessee's kind of held their own, 22 and four. Hint here, their first two potential opponents, obviously Louisiana, and then just the highest seed, their next round would be Duke. They aren't in the top, neither one of them in their top 25. So it's a good sign if you're a Tennessee fan. I'm not sure Duke beats really the snot out of Oral Roberts either, but I mean, that's a 12 5 potential upset. Happens every year, but I'm, I'm not as opposed to the Vols. Overall draw here in the first weekend is some are. I do like Tennessee to advance it in this game, though. Um, this isn't a game Rick Barnes is going to lose in the first round. Duke, I'm going to like probably Duke in that game. I put him in my bracket. But it's not as bad of a matchup as Tennessee has. I think Tennessee's going to play a little bit above what they're, uh, they've been playing. A lot of emotion. They're, they even had their entire lineup healthy 100% together all year. As you know, Zakai Ziegler's out. Santiago Vescovi enters a cold ice tub after every game guy looks exhausted by the 12 minute timeout in the second half he's gonna be required to do a lot they're gonna need so they're gonna really need a guy like uh they're gonna really need a guy like jonas guys i'm just trying to think like somebody who's going to set tyreek key's gonna have to play well josiah jordan james again if he can get he's not 100 percent healthy he's gonna have to play well a guy like jonas adu I mean, obviously, Plavich gives them solid minutes. But it's going to be somebody like that. I'm really thinking Tyreek Key is going to have to have a big game for them uh, this weekend. But I like Tennessee to advance the first round. Don't like them ultimately against Duke. Um, moving to another Thursday game, we got the 7-seed Texas A&M taking on the 10-seed Penn State Nittany Lions. Currently, A&M is favored by three. Both teams, these are probably the, the biggest matchup of both teams coming in and playing pretty well right now. The Nittany Lions have won 8 out of 10, along with the Aggies winning 8 of their last 10. Both teams have advantages heading into this one as Penn State has the perimeter advantage, but the Aggies have the advantage in the paint. I think the big advantage here is, is going to be A&M's second chance point opportunities down low in the paint. Penn State's extremely poor at offensive rebounding, according to Ken Palmer. They sit 362nd 
according to their rankings. A&M, just a greedy bunch. It thrives in those situations. Officiating will be key here. As we know, A&M likes to get downhill, attack the rim, get their points at the free throw line. Uh, they usually call it tight in the first two rounds. I think that plays to A&M's advantage. I think this is going to be a really close game. Remember, it's the last game. It starts at 8.55 Central Standard Time Zone. So it should be an exciting finish late on this Thursday. I think A&M advances, and I think they're going to advance to take on in-state foe Texas in the second round, which will be an incredible atmosphere in Des Moines. I think Penn State advances to win that game. Another fun matchup, 8-seed Arkansas taking on 9-seed Illinois. Arkansas favored by 2 right now, according to Vegas. Key will be starting strong and maintaining that. The opportunity should be there with Illinois struggling out of gates in most of their games. Arkansas needs to start fast. They need to start fast. Uh, they need to be feeling really good about themselves going to that 12 minute because Illinois traditionally starts slow. Need to get turnovers in transition. Illinois doesn't have a true point guard, and Arkansas needs to take advantage of that. You hold either their best two players, two transfers. Terrence Shannon transferred from Texas Tech, and you probably remember Michael Mayer. Uh, shoots really well. The guy transferred from Baylor was on their national championship team. She's got to shut down one of them. Not both, just one of them. Shannon actually dropped 20 points on Arkansas in the 2021 NCAA tournament when he was at Texas Tech. But the goal for Arkansas and Muss is should be to shut down one of them. As poor as the Razorbacks have been at finishing games this year, they've still been playing better than Illinois, who hasn't picked up a quad one win since December against Texas. I'm liking Arkansas here. I'm thinking the X factor for Arkansas will be Ricky Council Jr. They really need to get him going to make a run in this tournament. Muss, one of the best tournament coaches in the country after coming off back-to-back -back elite eight appearances. Give me the Hogs in the most interesting first-round matchup of the day, in my opinion. Uh, I like Arkansas there. Uh, and then another one. we got a lot of fun, just 8-9 matchups, 10-7 matchups. 8-seed Auburn taking on 9-seed Iowa. Auburn currently favored by 1 in Vegas. Very interesting matchup down in Birmingham. Like I said, everybody knows the story. Iowa has to travel to Birmingham. Houston has obviously stated they're not real happy. They're the one seed that would get uh, Auburn potentially in a home game on Saturday. This will not be your traditional neutral site game, like I mentioned. With that being said, these two teams are very different, but very similar in many ways. Auburn has a significant advantage in defensive play, where they rank 17th in defensive efficiency, and the Hawkeye defense ranks 170th in defensive efficiency. I think Auburn has a massive athlete advantage here. The key to me in this matchup will be who wins the second-chance opportunities on offense. Both teams are really good at second-chance points, and both teams are fairly average in giving up second-chance points. The winner of the second-chance opportunities will win this game. I'm expecting Janai Broom to have a big one. I like Auburn to advance Saturday, which will be an incredible, raucous environment where if you got Alabama taking on the winner of West Virginia, Maryland in the second round, and then right after that you come back with most likely – uh, Houston, and if Auburn wins, they would take on Houston back-to-back -back games there. We're not clearing arenas there. Everybody's staying there. It, it, it could look like a soccer game. Uh, it could look like a bar or pub post-soccer game in England down there. Not in England and Birmingham, not Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, they, it's, it could be an interesting environment there. Moving on to the last game on Thursday – out of the SEC before we move to the Kentucky preview. Number seven seed, Missouri versus number 10 seed, Utah State. Missouri currently is an underdog. They're giving Missouri one and a half right now. Missouri's strength this season has been their explosiveness on the offensive end. The Tigers finished the season 29th in the nation in points per game at 79 and a half. They've gotten dynamic performances from a pair of guards in Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge, who come along with Gates from uh, Cleveland State Hodge. Both guards can light it up from deep, which I, what I like about them. They will have to be shooting well. 
Mizzou as a whole attempts over 43% of their attempts from long distance, meaning they can bury you quick if they get hot. Uh, Utah State, if you're not familiar with them, was this season's example of a team that looked way better on the floor than their tournament resume did. The Aggies were well-loved by the metrics. The metrics loved them. They were top 20 in net and Kimpom, but sitting dangerously close to the cut line with their lack of quad one wins. Just not a lot of quad one win uh, opportunities in the Mountain West. Utah State, one of the most prolific teams in the tournament offensively, especially when it comes to three-pointing. Utah State ranks 10th in the nation in three-point percentage, nailing nearly... 39% of their attempts from distance. Utah State's top three scorers, Stephen Ashworth, Taylor Funk, Max Shulga, have combined to nail 243s on the year. Uh, they, I, When I was watching a little film highlight on they sh share the ball extremely well. Top 10 in assist percentage. But defensively, the Aggies give up a healthy amount of points, nearly 70 per game, and rank below, rank near below the top 100 defensive ranking. The ranking... The question for Utah State will be, can they win ugly when the shots aren't falling? But if they get hot, they could they could do some damage in the first two rounds. But I like Missouri. I think uh, the Mountain West is usually a little overrated. I don't think they've seen a team with the athletes like Missouri. I think Missouri is going to win this game even though they're getting points. Moving to Kentucky on Friday. Kentucky, the sixth seed, comes in playing the 11th seed Providence. Currently, Kentucky is favored by four. Kentucky's going to limp into this NCAA tournament open versus Providence in Greensboro on Friday. Not just because the Wildcats have lost two of the last three, but also because of various injuries to Cason Wallace, Severe Wheeler, CJ Frederick. Jake, Jacob Toppin is going to be key in this game to me, and I heard Cal say that in his press conference. If he doesn't play well, I don't think Kentucky wins. It's going to be a physical matchup for Kentucky because I think that's how Ed Cooley and his Friars team play. They play a physical matchup zone, which, like Cal saying, Guys can't take off practice and go play in games. you got to prepare for matchup zones like this. Everybody throws a little wrinkle into how they play a matchup zone in my history. I like Kentucky early in the week, but the more the days have gone on, I really question if the Cats can match the physicality they're going to see when you factor in injuries, not practicing. Again, Jacob Toppin's going to have to help out Oscar Sheebway. I'm going to pick Kentucky. Like I said, I pick every SEC. I'm picking every SEC team in the first round randomly enough. But I don't feel great about this one. As you can tell, my trust meter, we're about to go over. You'll see where Kentucky sits. But I like Kentucky. If we've gotten closer, I don't like it. But I'm going to stick with them. Every SEC team winning their first round game starting on Thursday. Now, trust meter and going over ceiling floor. We're the trust meter and for all seven SEC teams left in the NCAA tournament. You probably saw my video last night. I went over it briefly. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. But Alabama leading us off number one, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I, Alabama ceiling, obviously, national championship loss. Uh, sorry, the ceiling would be the national championship floor. Would be a loss in the second round if their defense is, isn't up to standard and they turn it over 18, 20 plus times. I've said it all year. If Alabama stays in the turnover range at 12 to 14, they're going to be fine. It really, people have this misconception if they don't shoot well, they don't win. It's farther from the truth. Lazy narrative, surface level narrative. If they don't turn the ball over, play good defense. If they shoot really well, it's going to be a matter of how bad they beat you, not if they beat you. But again, ceiling for the Tide, national championship floor, second round loss to Maryland or West Virginia against two scrappy teams, especially against a physical team like West Virginia, could muck it up, make Alabama turn it over a lot. Call me crazy, but that would not be shocker. I don't think it happens. I really don't, but that is a floor. I'm just being honest. Number two coming in for me, 
Texas A&M fight Nagy's. I think the ceiling is a lead eight if they were to get hot. Obviously, they open up with Utah State, and they'd probably get Texas. And by seed in the Sweet 16, they would get Xavier. And then if they were to get to the lead eight uh, against Houston by seed. Floor could easily be in the first round if they're not playing well. Officiating's called uh, a little loosely, which I don't think it'll be in Utah State shooting well. They could lose in the first round. Would not be shocking. But I like Buzz Williams. They always have a great game plan. Um, I like them getting past the first round. Don't like them beating Texas, as you heard my bracket. But again, I think it's a lead eight ceiling, uh, losing the first round floor. Moving to Arkansas, my third most trusted team. I think the ceiling is Sweet 16, and I have them going there. Floor losing the first round. Arkansas is one of those teams, they could beat Illinois by 20, or they could lose by 20 to Illinois. It wouldn't shock me. They could go beat Kansas by, or by, beat Kansas by double digits or get killed. I actually like their matchup against Kansas. If I was Bill Self, I would be worried with the length and athleticism of Arkansas. They can just get it going. I've bet on this team too many times. I'm sticking with them like the crazy ex-girlfriend. I don't know why, but I think they advance past this weekend. Them and Alabama being the only two teams. But I do think they're ceiling Sweet 16. I think they won't get past UConn there. But ceiling Sweet 16, I think they get there. Obviously, Floor uh, is losing to Illinois in probably the most intriguing, who knows what happens, first round uh, NCAA tournament game in Des Moines. But I like Arkansas there. I like getting them to the Sweet 16. That's my big upset of the weekend. Fourth, the Tennessee Vols. Everybody, they're always struggling in the NCAA tournament. The most consistent regular season team year to year in the Rick Barnes. But he struggles to get past the first weekend. I think the ceiling for this team's Elite Eight. Crazy if they started playing well, hitting shots. I know they're injury with their injuries. That sounds crazy. But if they're hitting shots, they're always going to play good defense. It travels. I think the ceiling, and I don't think they got as bad of a draw as some people think. Floor, second round. Uh, Tennessee, like I mentioned, is 1-6 versus top 25 offensive and defensive rebounding teams. Everyone else Tennessee has is, is played that's not ranked in those top 25 categories, they're 22-4. and four. Hint, like I've stated before, Duke and Louisiana are neither one of those. They're not ranked in the top 25 as an offensive rebounding team or defensive rebounding team. I like this matchup. If they were to get to Purdue in the Sweet 16, we'll cross that bridge there. But honestly, I don't really dislike that matchup either for them. When they get to Marquette, if we're just going by seeding and Marquette hadn't been upset yet, I don't think they get past there in the lead eight. But again, I think ceiling a lead eight like it usually is for Tennessee. Floor, second round, I don't think Tennessee and Rick Barnes are going to lose Louisiana. A lot of people have that upset out of the Sun Belt. I don't see it. I think Tennessee wins that game today. But Tennessee is my fourth most trusted team. Elite eight ceiling, second round floor. Check it in. Number five, the Auburn Tigers. Ceiling Sweet 16. I think the floor is first round. The advantage Auburn has, the games are played in Birmingham. Bruce Pearl's a pretty good tournament coach. And then you got to think, too, I'm getting past the first round a little bit here. But if they were to face Houston in the second round, Houston's best player, Marcus Sasser, has a groin injury. I don't think he's going today, which doesn't shock me. I think if they had to go, he didn't play against Memphis, and they lost in the AAC championship game. I think if he had to go, he would. They're just trying to get him some rest. Auburn's one of those teams. I don't really trust them today against Iowa, but I think for whatever reason, I get a gut feeling if they were to beat Iowa, I think they beat Houston at home. It's just That would be something that would happen to Auburn. Uh, they got the break. I know Kelvin Sampson isn't happy about probably playing a pretty solid Auburn team in Birmingham as the number one seed, and Auburn is a nine seed getting to travel an hour and a half to Birmingham. I know he wasn't real fired up about that when he found out, but again, I think Auburn is a sweet 16 ceiling. Uh, first round floor. I get a weird feeling if they play Houston, they win that game on Saturday. It's not in my bracket predictions, but as we get closer, you know, you overthink things just like I don't feel as great about Kentucky tomorrow. Auburn's that team. They can get past, uh, they can get past 
Iowa today, which I think is going to be a fantastic game. I think they can beat Houston. Now, the key in this first weekend for Auburn is Allen Flanagan. they got to get him some looks. I think the guy's on the verge of playing really well offensively. They don't need to just let Wendell Green put the team on the shoulder. He's not big enough, obviously, to cover the team, and he hasn't really been clutch in big situations. Look for Allen, uh, Allen Flanagan to have a big weekend for Auburn if they are to advance to the Sweet 16. Coming in at 6, Missouri. I think they got a Sweet 16 ceiling, losing the first round floor. I honestly really don't like the matchup with Arizona uh, if they were to advance to the second round to face Balo and Tabellas, unless they shoot just unconsciously. Uh, Arizona would have a massive matchup advantage and have, probably have a really good shot at getting second chance opportunities if they were to match up in the second round. Missouri's where they obviously open up with Utah State, who shoots as well as Missouri does, uh, if not better. Like I said, the second round matchup against Arizona, and if they were for some reason to get past Arizona, they would play an athletic Baylor team. Um, I think the key for Missouri is going to have to really shoot well in this tournament. I don't think they're going to do that against Arizona. I think they get past, past the first round as an underdog against Utah State. I think they keep them in check. I think their athleticism is going to be too much for the Mountain West Aggies, but I think they drop it to Arizona. But it would not shock me if they shot well from beyond the perimeter if they upset Arizona in the second round. I don't think it happens, but that's their ceiling. Sweet 16, floor losing in the first round. And then finally, like I mentioned, Kentucky Wildcats coming in last in my trust meter, trust meter at 7. Ceiling, Sweet 16, floor losing the first round. Um, Kentucky's road leads off of Providence starting tomorrow that night tip. And then their second round game on Sunday would be against a solid Kansas State team. Then after that, they, by seeding, if they weren't upset, they'd get Duke in the Sweet 16. Um, Kentucky just so beat up, injured. Guys are somewhat practicing. Just kind of seems a team that's they're just been so inconsistent. They'll have great wins against Tennessee, drop games at home against South Carolina, and Vanderbilt at home. Granted, Vanderbilt was playing well at the end of the year, but ceiling sweet 16 even if they beat providence i don't think they get past a tough physical kansas state team i really don't see that i just don't trust kentucky right now like i mentioned their floor losing in the first round against a physical uh ed cooley team and providence and the friars would not shock me with kentucky i don't trust them would i be just baffled if they won if they got passed out of this first weekend no but after that uh, i just don't see it i really don't think they get past Kansas State. I don't have a ton of confidence in that. I'm sorry, Big Blue Nation. Your team's just giving me a headache all we all year long, just trying to figure them out. Injuries. I don't. If they could get severe Wheeler back, I think that would really help. They need C.J. Frederick to come back to shoot well. Casey Wallace would be huge. Antonio Reeves got to have big games. I, I'm, I trust Oscar Sheboy. He's going to do his thing down low. But again, guys like a guy like Jacob Toppin, I think is going to have to be key Friday against a team like Providence who uh, plays in a physical league in the Big East. And the SEC, I think, is the most physical league, the way they let them play. So it's not going to be something the SEC hasn't seen. It's just Kentucky's beat up, so they can only afford so many more injuries. But that is my trust meter, one through seven, plus ceiling floor of each team. Um, like I mentioned, I do think every SEC team advances to the round of 32, but only Alabama and Arkansas will be the lat will be the only two teams standing after this weekend. Man, it's, I'm fired up. Just wrapping up our little basketball, con wrapping up our basketball content before we head to the diamond. Hey, it's here, guys. We've been talking about it since the beginning of November when my preview started. We got eight SEC teams into the tournament. Mississippi State unfortunately got eliminated in the playing game, but we got seven going. Should be a fun, fun weekend. Great first day with six SEC teams in action. I think the SEC, I'm hoping the SEC shows out here. Um, I think they are in the first round. And like I said, I think Alabama and Arkansas advanced past the first weekend. It's been a great season in basketball. We'll talk, we'll wrap it up early next week. Uh, just the, who's left. Hopefully, we got a lot of teams left, but uh, we'll preview the 
teams in basketball that are left heading into the Sweet 16 weekend. And then just talking about where teams are going to go from there as they figure out the lay of the land heading into the 23-24 season. Heading to baseball, though. We got a, we had a quick announcement. Just sort of beginning in 2025 with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC will move to a regular season schedule that will include two series each year against permanent, permanent opponents and eight series against rotating opponents for 30 games. The, the SEC will also go to a single division format. There's no longer going to be the SEC East and West, just like basketball dropped it a couple years ago. But here's a, here are some projections for the permanent opponents, like you've heard in football. So like I mentioned, they're, they're going to have two permanent opponents each team plays every year, then rotate an eight an uh, eight series deal i really wanted them to go five permanent and then five rotations but it is what it is but projections kind of here as i see it i think alabama is going to there are two permanent opponents every year are going to be auburn and mississippi state i think arkansas is going to play missouri and lsu every year auburn's going to play alabama and florida florida's going to play georgia and auburn georgia's going to get florida and south carolina kentucky's going to get south carolina and tennessee lsu's going to get texas a&m and arkansas uh, Mississippi State's going to get Ole Miss and Alabama. Missouri is going to get Arkansas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to get Texas and Missouri. Ole Miss is going to get Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. South Carolina's going to get Kentucky and Georgia. Tennessee's going to get Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M, LSU, and Texas. Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Those are just projections as we head into 2025 season. They announced that this week. Just wanted to bring that to you again they announced the SEC's starting in 25 when Oklahoma and Texas joined. The SEC teams in baseball are going to start having two permanent opponents that they'll play every year, no, non-negotiable, with eight rotating teams in a 10-game set. Remember, the SEC plays 30 games, 10 series, three each weekend. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, I, I'm intrigued, but again, I, I like the five permanent uh, in the rotating of five, honestly, if we're going to play 10 series, in my opinion. Again, that's going to start – in 2025, and we will go away from division play. No more SEC East, SEC West, just like in basketball. But again, getting to the midweek scores where we preview the first weekend of conference play. Starting off on Tuesday, we had a lot of games. We got Kentucky getting the 12-2 win over Indiana. South Carolina getting the 5-0 win at Presbyterian. Georgia got a 10-8 win over the Terriers from Wofford. Tennessee got a 10-0 win over Lipscomb, who I feel like has played every SEC team. Florida got a 7-2 win over North Florida. Auburn, in extra innings, coming back from like 7-0. Got a big win against Georgia Tech, 12-11. Vanderbilt got a 15-6 win. Uh, Ole Miss heads to Jacksonville, uh, Alabama, and drops a midweek series. Uh, midweek game, sorry, to the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, 10-6. to Mississippi State headed to Biloxi, Mississippi at MGM Park, played two games this weekend. Their first one, they got a win against uh, Nichols State, 12-4. to Arkansas beat the running Rebels at UNLV, 13-7. to Alabama gets a mid big midweek win against South Alabama, 4 to nothing. LSU gets a 16-0 win over New Orleans. And A&M gets a win, 5-1 over in-state foe Houston. Wednesday's action, not as many teams as we remember. We're starting some conference games today on Thursday. Uh, Missouri get the 10-8 win over Lamar. Arkansas wraps up the midweek series sweep against UNLV 5-2. And Mississippi State took their spring break down to the beach in Biloxi. Got two big wins midweek with Mississippi State wrapping up that trip 4-2. Winners against Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns on Wednesday night down in Biloxi. That's the wrap-up for this week, the midweek action. But again, weekend preview. First series of the of SEC play starting. We got two today. 
where we got Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. We're about to preview that one. And then Florida, Alabama, two, two really probably two of the best three series starting today. But things real, get real now in baseball. No more having to wonder how gaudy stats against overmatched competition will translate against SEC teams. No more wondering how the how the glut of often elite offenses in the league will compare to each other. No more having to speculate about how pitching depth will hold over over the course of the SEC play. It's here. The series of the weekend, in my opinion, is Ole Miss traveling to Vandy. Talk about a contrast of styles here where the Rebels can really swing it, but have had significant injuries to the pitching staff. Vanderbilt, on the other hand, is ranked near the bottom in every offensive category in the league, but they have pitched extremely well and played the toughest non-conference slate out of anyone. I mean, Vanderbilt opened up in that Big 12 showcase, uh, or the college baseball showcase, and they had a three-game set against UCLA. Um, they went and played a Big 10 in that uh Cambria Classic Ole Miss was in up in Minneapolis. So Vanderbilt has been tested more so than anybody in the SEC. Uh, but Vanderbilt ranks, like I said, near the bottom in every offensive category in the league. But they pitch extremely well. They're starting pitching and played the toughest non-conference slate. The key in this one is going to be how quickly can each team get into each other's bullpen. Vandy is a starting pick and pitching advantage, but it evens out a little bit once you get into the pen. So you're, you're going to hear that story. I'm going to be interested as after about the first three weekends of conference play, what everybody's kind of bullpen looks like. Because it feels like everybody kind of has some issues except Alabama. But on the flip side of that, Alabama probably played the worst non-conference schedule of anybody. Um Winning on Thursday, the game one will be who wins this series, in my opinion. Not a bold statement. That's how it usually shakes out. But the Rebs need a great start by Jack Doherty until uh, Hunter Elliott, the ace for the Rebs, comes back. They're still missing him, but he's supposed to come back this season. I think this is going to be a real fun series. That gets off today. Let's get, so that gets started today. Texas A&M also traveling to Alex Box Stadium in Baton Rouge. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. It'll be another fun one. This will be LSU's biggest test of the season. A&M will have a chance to prove again how improved is the offense against an elite pitching staff after struggling early in the year. I mean, the Ags couldn't get anything going offensively. And they're not going to see a better staff than Paul Skeens, Ty Floyd, and Thatcher Hurd. will be an extreme challenge for the Ags. Uh, from an LSU standpoint. But with LSU's lineup of Dylan Cruz, Gavin Dugas, Tommy White, guys like Jared Jones and Paxton Kling, it'll be very hard for A&M's pitching staff to overall just contain a lineup like that. Starting pitchers Nathan Detmer and Troy Wansing have been great for the Ags in the rotation, but this will be their biggest test of the season. Defense will be key for the Aggies here. they got to produce runs, and they cannot give LSU extra outs with a lineup like that, that LSU goes at one through nine. You can't give them extra outs. You really can't. This will be a big test for the Aggies. I do like LSU to get two out of three here in this one. And then in Gainesville this weekend, we are about to find out how good Alabama's bats and bullpen really are. The excitement of this series somewhat wore off a little bit after Alabama dropped two out of three last weekend to Columbia, the defending Ivy League champs. But Florida started pitching. Top three unit in the league for sure, but the bullpen has been a major question mark. Key for Alabama is, I know it's going to be tough, but you got to get in that bullpen by the fourth or fifth inning. That's where they're going to take advantage uh, this weekend in Gainesville. That's another series that starts off tonight. That's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. And also looking at the weather, they may have to play a doubleheader tomorrow. So that series may be wrapped up by Friday night. There's going to be a lot of rain coming through Gainesville, so they'll probably play one today and two on Friday. I'll keep you updated on that. But weekend series, like we're, we're getting into it. Like I said, Ole Miss versus Vanderbilt. That starts two nights, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on the on ESPNU. And then a 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone uh, first pitch, Alabama at Florida on the SEC Network. Hey, 
get all your TVs ready. We got a lot of tournament action going. That's that's when Auburn and um, Iowa tip off, and then probably at the end of these baseball games, you'll be turning on your TV for the A and M Penn State game, and then also the Tennessee Lafayette or the Louisiana game. So we're gonna have a lot going on. Man, it's the Louisiana. Today's gonna be a great day. It really is across the board in the SEC. Then the rest of the series starting off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Being Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, you got Tennessee heading to Columbia, Missouri. Missouri, I think they're improved. You saw that the first weekend, but I think Tennessee's starting to get right a little bit. Tennessee, I think, is going to win two out of three there. That series starts on Friday. You got South Carolina heads to Athens. South Carolina, another team similar to Alabama, hasn't played a great non-conference play. Granted, they did really well. They played. They, they won two out of three against in-state foe Clemson. But this will be another test for them to go on the road to Athens. Two solid pitching staffs. I think South Carolina's pitching staff is very underrated. I think the Gamecocks go into Athens, get two out of three this weekend. Mississippi State heads to Lexington. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. I think Kentucky's going to take two out of three here. I just don't trust Mississippi State's weekend rotation until I see it. I think Kentucky's kind of sneaking under the radar, probably a little better than we think. I'm not saying some regional host team or anything like that, but I think they're playing a little better right now. Mississippi State, I can't trust them until they get that weekend rotation down. Um, And then another series that we haven't talked about yet, finally, is Auburn Travels to Bomb Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas for a weekend series. That's another Friday, Saturday, Sunday matchup. Auburn, again, Pitching not great right now. Both these teams have injuries in their their rotations right now. Uh, Gonzalez, Jacob Gonzalez right now for... for, not Jacob Gonzalez, sorry, Gonzalez for Auburn. They're starting pitching right now for Auburn. They're ace. He's out right now. He's been... He's not been playing. Joseph Gonzalez has not been playing well right now or not been playing at all due to an injury for Auburn. They need him. They've been trying to figure out that rotation. Auburn hits the ball well. They'll be fine. Arkansas, another team that that has some injury issues right now on their starting rotation. And then on their back half of their best closer, one of the best closers in the league, Brady Tiger. That'll be interesting. This is kind of a battle of what pitching staff can survive. I mean, seriously, what pitching staff can survive this? Who's going to get the best outing from their pitching staff this weekend? I think ultimately Arkansas gets that series win at home. It being at home gives them the edge there. So I got Tennessee winning two out of three against Missouri. I think South Carolina is going to win two out of three against Georgia. So I'm I'm going with the road teams right now. And I think finally Kentucky gets two out of three against Mississippi State until Mississippi State can prove to me they can pitch all weekend. Alabama, Florida, I think Florida's going to win two out of three here. The key for the tide is I think we're really going to find out a ton about them this weekend. Kind of disappointed last weekend. I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. Um, very underachieving. They just got to cut out the walks and errors in Alabama. I mean, they hit well, bullpen's fine, but that that hitting average, that lineup will be really tested uh, with guys like Caglion and Hurston Waldrop from Florida. So elite starting pitching from Florida. I think Florida gets two out of three at home. Uh, LSU, I think, is going to get two out of three on the road in College Station. Um, I also think Ole Miss, I'm going I'm to take the Rebs here. Two out of three, I think they're going to swing the bats well, continue that offensive power they got. I think they win that series against Vanderbilt. And like I said, I think Arkansas being at home is going to get them the win against Auburn. Um, but again, I, sorry, I'm mistaken. I said that that series with LSU at A&M was at Alex Box. It's not at Alex Box. Sorry, it's at Bluebell Park at Texas A&M. I knew that. I just a miss. Uh, spoke right there. Sorry about that, but that game is in Texas A&M. So I like I like the Tigers to get that win. So I'm rolling with a lot of road teams this weekend. I think they go in. I think the road teams have success. So I'm going to go Tennessee, South Carolina road winners, LSU, Ole Miss. So I'm going to go out of, out of the seven series. I think four of the road teams are going to win between win those series between Tennessee, South Carolina, 
LSU and Ole Miss. I think those are going to be your winners for this weekend. Opening weekend in baseball should really be fun. we got a lot going on. Remember, two of the games starting off tonight, so get your TVs ready. But again, that's it for this episode. Let's get out of here. If you haven't submitted your bracket yet, you only got a couple hours, two and a half left. You better go submit it. Today's the day, the best day. This has been my favorite episode. We've covered a lot. We got NCAA tournament, six teams on deck from the SEC starting today, Kentucky tomorrow. Opening weekend in SEC baseball conference play. It's here. No better time of the year. You have a great weekend because I know I am. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.